Hey, podcasters, we couldn't get together for our usual Thanksgiving service, so we put together a special digital testimony Thanksgiving service, gave people the opportunity to record their testimony at one of our worship gatherings. We had it set aside in the sanctuary so people could do it in a social distant distanced manner, and we also invited people to send in a video or call the church and leave a voicemail. And so what you're going to hear before the message on this podcast episode are those testimonies from people in our congregation. Many of them identify themselves, some of them don't, but these are all folks from the Faith Church family. And I hope that this testimony um, service, digital testimony service, will be a blessing to you. And then uh, the sermon begins at about the 12-minute mark, and I hope that it um, combined with the testimonies is truly a blessing to you. God bless you. Hi, I'm Hannah, and I am thankful for being able to spread the gospel without persecution, my family, the house that I live in, and being able to go to school without a lot of debt. Hi, I'm Vicki. I'm grateful for so very many things. It's hard to narrow it down to, but mainly my husband and my entire family, including my church family. Hi, I'm Jerry, and I'm grateful for all the blessings that God has bestowed on us and the extreme efforts that everyone in this church has gone to reach out to make everybody feel good and connected. God bless you all. You know what? If I say it wrong, can you take, can you cut it out? Don't record yet. It's recording the entire time. (laughs) (laughs) Thankful this year. Um, Just seeing how faithful God is and that my husband um, shared with me that he repented and he um, decided to follow Jesus. My name is Kayla Smith and I am thankful for my mother, Michelle Smith. This is Tom Rainey and I'm thankful for the help that the Lord gave me this year that I've been able to get out through the things, through the fishing that I wanted to do and enjoy life. Why I am. Thank you. I'm Stephanie Patton, and I'm thankful for my wonderful family and for the second family that God has given me through the people in Faith Church. I think the biggest thing is Brandy being in my life. I'm thankful I'm no longer in a socialism prison. I'm thankful that I have a good job that pays pretty good and I have freedom to make my own schedule. I'm thankful for my family, my mom, and I got a lot to be thankful for. Thankful for you, thankful for God just uh, blessing me every day. So those are the things that I'm thankful for. I could go on, but uh, I'm going to keep it short today. Hi, I'm Cherish Pope, and um, something that I'm thankful for is our small church community um, and for my husband, Eric. I'm Michelle Smith, and I am thankful for what God has done in my life this past year and for um, my family and for the changes that he has made in my family. I gotta tell you, there's so much to be thankful for. (laughs) I just can't, I just can't zero it down because I'm just so grateful for the things that God has done for me this year. Well, of course I, I, I treasure my salvation more than anything, 
But this year, with this crazy year that we've had, God has held me so close, and He's let me know how close that He's held me. And to me, that is, I just have to thank Him for that endlessly. It's, there's just not enough time in the day to say just how grateful you really are. So we have to break it down into small increments and just tell Him thank you all the time because He is good all the time. You just cannot outgive Him. He's, he's exceptional in all ways. So oh, I'm so grateful. I'm grateful for our church and I haven't been there in months. There's just never-ending things to be grateful for. It's, it's a blessing. Hi, I'm Sophie, and I'm thankful for my friends and family because they're fun to be around. They're always there for me. I just want to thank, be thankful for my family and my health and my mom that she's doing better this year than she has in quite a while. I'm sure I have a whole lot more to be thankful for, but that's what I am thankful for. Cheer, I'm most thankful for God's provision and protection in my children's life. Dante has done a 180 since last year, and he's now grateful and respectful and has a 4.0 grade point average and had a successful season on the football team. And Caleb, he's still alive. He just picked up 90 days sober, and he's in an excellent facility a thousand miles away from here. The best part is I know that God's not done yet. Um, the work that he started, he's going to continue it, and he is just so faithful, and um, for that I'm thankful. I'm, I'm so thankful for my health, and the good Lord gave me a good life, and I just praise him every day for uh, the things he's done for me and watched over me and loved me down through the years and I want to love him back and do what's right in the Lord's sight and that's what uh, matters are to do is uh, to please the Lord you know and everything so hey I'm Eric and I'm thankful for my wife and my church I'm thankful to be a part of a small community that really cares about each other, prays for one another, and cares about discipleship. Um, it's, it's a real joy to be a part of Faith Church. Okay, who wants to go first? Like, no, you. Okay. You'll have to do a lot of effing on this group. <laughs> Hi, I'm Don Pro. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful for my church family. I'm thankful for discipleship and all the things that we've learned uh, through these difficult times. Hi, my name is Jamie, and I'm thankful for my family, the house that I live in, my church family, and everything that God has done for me. Okay, I'd like everybody to know how thankful I am that the Lord has saved my soul. I'm so thankful for my wonderful family that he's given me, and I really appreciate this particular year teaching my granddaughter at Newburgh Christian Academy. I'm thankful for my family, and friends and thankful for church and being able to sing and be a part of such a great church. My name Ronnie Roberts. I am so very thankful for Jesus Christ, my Savior. Without Him we are lost.
don't need to do the top of my face, do you? <laughs> Hi, I'm this is Gail Roberts, and I'm thankful for the. Uh, I'm thankful to be able to live where I'm free to worship, follow, pray, and I'm thankful for uh, the Lord that He loves me and has forgiven me of all my many sins, and I'm thankful for our church and for all my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm thankful for for uh, Steve for his love and support and understanding, and I'm very thankful that I am blessed to be the mother to my precious, beautiful daughter, Amy, and I'm thankful for our health and for my grandchildren. I'm just thankful. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'm Ashley, and I'm grateful for quiet moments like this after my kids go to bed, but I'm also grateful for relationships. God has used each person that he's brought into my life to mold and to draw me closer to him, to show me that I'm his and where I belong. These people also encourage and lift me up. They hold me accountable and they push me to grow closer to Christ. How could I not be grateful for that? Well, I'm thankful for one thing that I haven't got the virus that I've been blessed with that. And uh, I'm thankful that the kids are all we're we're just we're all healthy and i'm thankful for the service on sunday morning that i still see that but i sure do miss everybody i miss everybody so much there's nothing like getting dressed up and going to church on sunday morning praising the lord <laughs> being thankful well, i'm mainly thankful the main thing i'm thankful for is that uh, god changed my life you know that's some, that's what i'm thankful more than anything and i know this has been a a real rough year you know, with the pandemic and stuff. But I was thinking, I was telling my daughter that, you know, uh, it's scary, but we got hope. And and people, I'm so scared for people who don't have no hope at all. I'm, and then we got hope that, uh, that God has a place for us, you know. I'm Ben. I'm Jordan. We're the McKinney's and we're thankful for our church. This is Pat Pitlick, and I am thankful for the hope that I have in Jesus. I'm thankful for family, a house, and cousins. I'm thankful for family, health, God, and Xbox. My name is Shannon, and I'm thankful for moving from South Carolina. My name is Andy Smith, and I'm thankful for God, mostly, um, my life, my wife, and all five of my kids. I gotta not cry and tell you, I'm thankful that my husband's in heaven. I, I miss him. I wouldn't want him to come back. I'm thankful for my children. I hear from them every day, all three of them, and they have to get things for me. They pick it up at the store and bring it to me. And I'm thankful for them. I'm thankful that they care. I'm thankful that you're still there leading the people. I'm thankful there's still a church there for the people to go to. I thank God for loving us and taking care of us, putting us where we need to be at the time we need to be. And I guess there's so many things to be thankful for that 
I'm thankful for friends, for people who call me, who send me cards. Yeah, there's hardly any place to stop. As always, I have a lot to be thankful for. 2020 has been a different year in so many ways, but we can always find something to be thankful for. Thankful for my family, for my husband Daniel, and for our kids, Haven and Lincoln. Thankful that um, I have a job, um, have a house, have so many necessities and things taken care of, and I'm thankful for that. Thankful for this church and the many friends that I have made over the years. Um, thankful for um, Daniel's preaching and um, this year encouraging us to um, win the day each morning and just the importance of spending time in God's Word. Do you want the good news or the bad news first? Perhaps you've had someone ask you that question or you've posed it to someone else. What do you want to start with, the good news or the bad news? Because I've got both is the idea there. And me personally, I'd rather receive the bad news first so I can end on a good note. I'm curious about you. Let me know. What would you rather have first, the bad news or the good news? Now, I'd rather have the bad news first, but sometimes I just don't want to hear any more bad news. I just can't handle any more bad news. I've had enough bad news. I don't want to hear any more. Just give me the good news and let's forget about the bad news. Carrie Newhop tells a story about one time he was working in his office and a staff member came in, poked his head in the door and said, hey, I've got news. And Carrie Newhoff said, I hope it's good news because I don't know that I can handle any more bad news right now. A staff member thought for a second and they said, well, I don't know if it's bad news or good news. It's just news. I guess if it's bad news or good news, it's going to depend on how you respond to it. And that's reality, isn't it? That there isn't really bad news and good news. It's all just news. Kind of like there isn't bad truth and good truth. It's just truth. And what makes it bad or good is our reaction to it. How we respond to the news. How we respond to the truth. And I want to be clear with you today that you don't have to pretend that it's all good news. You don't have to pretend that it's all good news all of the time. Even though it's Thanksgiving and it's a time of giving thanks, you don't need to be in denial about the bad. And actually what we find is that God encourages the opposite of that in Scripture. He doesn't encourage us to lie about the bad or to pretend the bad doesn't exist. He encourages us to be open about it. In Scripture, we find example after example of people venting their frustration to God. Not just venting their frustration and making up a complaint, but they're making their complaint to God. The Psalms, which is the Jewish songbook, it has songs of lament, and songs of lament are songs of complaint. They're songs that list off all of the things that are upsetting you. They're also songs of anger. They're songs of sadness. Think of breakup songs or sad songs that are popular in our day and age. These lamentations were sad songs, angry songs, but they were sung to God, sung about God in church, in gatherings of the Jewish people. And how many of them there are in the Psalms depends on who's 
counting, just like uh, your friend might think that a song isn't necessarily a sad song because it ends happy. And so some people characterize them differently, but a conservative number on the amount of lament songs or songs of lament is about 45. Some people say nearly double that amount. But if going with around 40 to 45, that's nearly a third of the Psalms. That's nearly a third of the Jewish songbook. Can you imagine if when you came to church or when we gathered uh, to worship, if one out of three of the songs that we sang was a song of God, what's going on? What's wrong with you? Because that's what these songs of lament were. And they also had songs of anger. God, bring down wrath upon our enemies. God, bring down judgment upon them and their children. That's what these songs of anger and complaint were. God wasn't afraid of hearing these things. God wasn't afraid of hearing their complaints and their lament. They were inspired to write these words and to share how it is that they were feeling. God is not afraid of the bad news. God is not afraid of your response to the news. Toward the end of World War II, the Germans made a lot of really crazy mistakes, and part of the reason was that no one wanted to give Hitler bad news. No one wanted to give him information on just how bad everything was, and so he really didn't understand how bad it had gotten. They were constantly trying to let him know that he was, hey, it's going all right. They were afraid to give him bad news. God is not afraid of your complaints or your bad news. And we see many pillars of the faith throughout Scripture pouring out their complaints before God. Now, I, I, let me guess what you're thinking. You're saying, well, Pastor Dean, is this a Thanksgiving sermon? Shouldn't this be positive and encouraging? I just want to hear something positive and encouraging. It's the holiday. All right, let, let me read you a passage that's positive and encouraging. It's probably one of the most famous most familiar, positive, and encouraging passages, one that we share on social media a lot. It's Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 to 24. It says, It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed, because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Well, that is an encouraging word. It's talking about God's mercies being new every morning. Perhaps you not even being familiar with the verse. You've heard someone say God's mercies are new every morning. And that is a very encouraging thought. But I need to point something out about this passage. It's in Lamentations chapter 3. And Lamentations is a book just of laments. It's a book of poetry written about the fall of the people as the Babylonians came in and conquered them, destroyed their city, and tore down their temple. And so this passage about God's mercy being new every morning, it's in the middle of this song, this, these, this collection of songs of lament and complaint. You see... Even the most positive and encouraging passages in Scripture are found within the context of heartbreak and adversity. 
And if we only cherry pick those verses, if we only cherry pick the stories where everything turns out great, grand, wonderful, we'll really miss out on a good foundation, strong support in Scripture. And I know that it is appealing to focus on the things that are positive and encouraging. Positive and encouraging, that's the, that's the motto or the byline for our, one of our local Christian radio stations, Caleb. And, and don't get me wrong, I'm super thankful that we have Christian radio here in the area. I'm sure there are many Christians in other parts of the world that they wish that they had a couple of Christian radio stations uh, to, to, to choose from, like we are blessed to have. But sometimes I struggle with Christian radio because there's a little bit of a bubblegum theology. There's a little bit of a, hey, everything turns out awesome. Everything turns out great. And there's very little promotion of the things that are hard and difficult and adverse. There's only looking at the bright side of things. And I think that when we're constantly looking at the bright side, we come to a place where we don't even appreciate it without seeing the dark side. I'm afraid that many of us have a Lego movie theology, and if you're not familiar with that, it's probably because you don't have small children who enjoyed the Lego movie, but in the Lego movie, they sing, everything is awesome, everything is cool, and the truth is that we know that not everything is awesome, not everything is cool, that there are hardships, and this book, this passage, Lamentations chapter 3, is written because there was a whole lot that wasn't awesome. And let me go back to the beginning of this chapter where we find this super encouraging passage. Let me go back to the beginning of it and read the opening verses. This is Lamentations chapter 3 and verse 1. I am the man who has seen affliction by the rod of his, God's wrath. He has led me and made me walk in darkness and not in light. Surely he has turned his hand against me time and time again throughout the day. God is against me, this is saying. In Lamentations, the chapters, the first four of them are written in an acrostic style. An acrostic is when each letter starts the next line. And chapters 1 and 2 and 4 all have one line or verse per letter of the Hebrew alphabet. But chapter 3 has three of them. It is the longest song of lament. And it starts off with these words, like in verse 4, He has aged my flesh and my skin and broken my bones. He has besieged me and surrounded me with bitterness and woe. He has set me in dark places like the dead of long ago. He's put me in the grave. He's put me in the dungeon. He's hedged me in so that I cannot get out. He's made my chain heavy. Even when I cry and shout, He shuts out my prayers. He has blocked my ways with hewn stone. He has made my paths crooked. He has been to me a bear lying in wait like a lion in ambush. He has turned aside my ways and he has torn me in pieces. He has made me desolate. He has bent his bow and set me up as a target for the arrow. He literally just said that God has drawn back the bow and he has me in his sights. God has placed his crosshairs on me. The lamentation is saying God is so against me that he's got me in his crosshairs and he's looking for the opportunity to take me out. There's not a lot of hope there. There's a whole lot of desperation and dismay. And he's going to get to this place where he talks about the mercy of God, but it's only after being really, really raw and honest about how bad things are. 
And I want you to know that this Thanksgiving, you can be incredibly grateful and hopeful while also being very real about how difficult this life is. To be absolutely honest and open and transparent about how difficult things are right now is okay. And I think that when you do it, it can lead to a very good place. What we see in these songs of lament, what we see in these acrostics, these poems of all of the misery, they're pouring these things out before the Lord. You see, they're not letting them just stay inside and fester and stew and pretending that everything's okay. Because what that does is it leads to someone just exploding. They're holding in all of this frustration and fear and rage and desperation until they just explode. They can't keep a, a happy, smiling face over the heartbreak anymore. No, what these writers do in the songs of lament is they pour out everything that's on their hearts. They, they just kind of express all of it, get it all out of their system, tell God exactly how they're feeling. And then they can be open to the beauty of God's goodness in the midst of all of the bad. You see, while this lament is super honest about how difficult things are, it's also very hopeful. It also is very hopeful, not in spite of the dismay, but in the dismay, because of the dismay. Let me show you. Verse 37 says, says this, he, who is he that saith, and it cometh to pass, when the Lord commandeth it not? In other words, who could make anything happen without God saying that it should happen? And, and what the writer is saying here is like these horrible things that are happening with Babylon tearing down our temple and taking our people into captivity, could they do it without God allowing it? Is there any man so powerful enough? Even the king of Babylon is not so powerful that he can subvert the purposes of God. And so there's no one who can make a decree and it go against what God desires. God is allowing this to happen to them. Why? Well, he, he gets clear on that in verses 39 to 42. Verse 39, he says, Why should a living man complain, a man for the punishment of his sins? Let us search out and examine our ways and turn back to the Lord. Let us lift our hearts and hands to the God in heaven. We have transgressed and rebelled, and you have not pardoned us. Here's what the writer of Lamentations recognizes. All of this is happening because we have rebelled and sinned against God. The writer is brokenhearted about everything that is happening to the Jews, everything that is happening in Jerusalem. He's brokenhearted about all of it, but he also recognizes that this is happening because the people had turned their backs on God. They are being punished because they have turned their back on the covenant that they made with God. And though they haven't kept their end of the bargain, God has. God has kept his promise that if they turned on him, they would experience suffering and punishment. God made a covenant with the people, and he kept it. And, and this is in key, okay? 
this is why the writer has hope. Because what the writer sees is that if God keeps his word about this, if God keeps his word that he will punish sin and wrongdoing, that he will not overlook rebellion, when God keeps his word, what he's showing is that he's faithful, that he keeps his promises, that he keeps his word. And that's the reason that that passage we read earlier in 22 to 24, it says, it's because of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Lord, I will hope in you. God keeps his promises and his mercy doesn't fail. Even when we put him to the test, even when we do wrong, God's mercy remains because God doesn't just do whatever suits him in his mood. He keeps the promises that he has made to his people even when we are failures, even when we fail to keep our promises to him. He keeps a covenant that he made long ago that he will bring about good. You see, Lamentations reasons, Lamentations figures out logically that if God is willing to keep his promise to bring punishment upon us, then that means that God is also willing to keep his covenant promise to eventually bring about our redemption and to bring about our hope. Tim Mackey says about Lamentations 3, God's judgment is the seedbed for the hope of the future. You see, in the ashes of destruction, in Jerusalem, God was planting the seeds that would bring their hope and redemption. God was planting the seeds that would bring Jesus and bring our hope and our redemption. So as believers, we don't give thanks because everything is good. We give thanks because when even when everything is bad, we trust a God who is still good. We trust a God that even when everything is going wrong, that God will remain faithful. There's an old hymn about this. It was written in 1876 in Sweden. And perhaps you remember, you'll recall or you'll be familiar with these opening lines. Day by day and with each passing moment, Strength I find to meet my trials here, trusting in my Father's wise bestowment. I've no cause for worry or for fear. He whose heart is kind above all measure gives unto each day what he deems best. Lovingly its parts pain and pleasure, mingling toil with peace and rest. And this song was written by a woman named Carolina Sandelberg. And she had written some poems and some songs early on in her life, but when she was 26, she and her father, who was a Lutheran pastor, they were making their way across a lake in Sweden, and suddenly the boat that they were in was jostled and lurched, and her father fell overboard. And Carolina Sandelberg watched as her father drowned. And out of that tragic, horrific experience, her songwriting increased and became deeper. 
And she wrote the third verse to this song. Help me then in every tribulation so to trust thy promises, O Lord, that I lose not faith's sweet consolation offered me within thy holy word. Help me, Lord, when toil and trouble meeting, ere to take as from a father's hand, one by one, the days, the moments fleeting, till with Christ the Lord I stand. Today, I call you to give thanks. Not as though everything were okay. Not as though everything is good. But rather as though even if everything is bad, we trust in a God who remains gracious and good.